and Mahomes at bay. The Tampa Bay Bucks, Super Bowl 55. Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Bucks Banter Podcast. I am your host, Colin Hallboom, and here we are on what is not a victory Monday, not even close, actually, uh, but but we're still showing up to work with our lunch boxes to talk about the catastrophe, as I named it in the title, that was Sunday Night Football at Raymond James Stadium. A really like it's really hard to picture how it could have gone worse for the Buccaneers. Like their dynamic offense puts up a zero, injuries to more important players than I can count on our team at key positions. Um, of course, the biggest news being Chris Godwin out for the remainder of the season. He'll go, he'll undergo surgery uh, soon, I'm sure, to repair a torn ACL. Initially, it was reported it was a sprained MCL, which just made matters worse for me personally. For for anyone who supports the Bucks, I think because it was coming out today that it was a it was a sprained MCL, and he was running on the sidelines because he's an animal like that. And sure enough, it was a torn ACL. So. Prayers up for Chris Godwin. Obviously, he's in a he's playing under the franchise tag this year. A lot of people are making a big deal of that. Like, I don't see how this has any effect on first of all his market as a f- top notch free agent wide receiver or the Bucks' interest in retaining his services. I think that is completely unchanged, especially when you consider um, he's likely to be ready for training camp or at least close to it. Um, just my thoughts. Anyway, sorry guys. Uh, just to introduce my co-host, <laughs> by the way. I'm not here alone. This isn't confession. Uh, I'm joined by Scott Capron, and we welcome back the illustrious third member of this trio, uh, Bono's Ball, Bodan. Tell the folks why you've been away, man. Where you been? We back. We back. Yeah, so uh, uh, Friday, a few Fridays ago, we had a, uh, a little boy come into this world, so... Pretty exciting. Mom and baby are doing really well. Um, came out on eight pounds up on a dot, 54 centimeters long. So, I don't know. Line up D1 schools because he's uh, he's coming for you. Dion Bear, too, is the name. Dion Bear Yard. What a name. Yeah, too good. big, too big good. fella. Can, yeah. Can already see him in the Pac-12 just terrorizing quarterbacks, you know what I mean, coming off the end. Yeah, um, ex- Exactly. Amazing, man. So glad to have you back, obviously. I mean, you know, pulling back the curtain. I know, it must have been yeah. tough just alone with the two of you guys. And then, yeah. and then this game happens to top it off. I had to come back. Well, how about the trauma that Colin has here? He just went into it, started talking about franchise tags before any sort of introduction <laughs> or anything. Like, oh, my goodness. Like, let's get this guy a stretcher and some Tylenol. I don't even know. Intros are supposed to be my specialty, too. You know, but, you know, I love the intros. I just lost my mind again. I blacked out. Just started talking about it. Hey, man, that that game is going to have a lot of people talking and probably had a lot of Bucks fans doing similar things uh, all all Monday today. So no, no worries. Wow. Wow. I didn't yes. think we were going to start with the Godwin injury, but um, have to. looking at your tweets. I think you earlier, have to. Yeah, I guess I guess you have to. Um but yeah, looking at your tweet earlier, uh, Colin, um, this is an injury that the Bucks could absorb, right? Like of any position group to lose its star, arguably their best wide receiver, if not their second best, very neck and neck in my opinion with Mike Evans. Um, I think you guys have the depth as long as Mike Evans does actually come back as well. Um, you get Antonio Brown back. And hopefully you get some better games out of Tyler Johnson at the end of this year. And maybe Scotty Miller can get a little bit more separation down the stretch. But, yeah, the, it's just heartbreaking for a guy on his contract here, franchise tag, just to kind of see. Even have that little whimper of doubt out there when he enters the market, right? So, yeah, he doesn't deserve that at all. I mean... I would be in favor of the Bucks just extending him right now. I saw someone, I saw that tweet. I retweeted it. Someone had suggested that. A few people have. I mean, kind Godwin of like a Dak, like, Jerry Jones, and Dak situation. Yeah. And if there's anyone I'd want to do it for, it's Chris Godwin. Um, again, yeah. ultimate teammate. Dude's ridiculous. I think all Bucks fans, you realize it even more when, when you lose them and you just think of 
the absence that's created on that offense. And of course it's a star studded offense. And like you alluded to Bo, like I, I tweeted out earlier, I think if there is any team who is positioned to sustain losing a player of Chris Godwin's caliber, it is the Buccaneers, especially with Antonio Brown coming back. Um, you know, the young receivers, not just yesterday, but like have been disappointing, like big time. Yeah. Like Tyler Johnson, I expected with any sort of an opportunity to really take off. Hasn't happened this year at all. I was like embarrassed by him yesterday, just not fighting at all, showing no fight to get open. Like, um, and then like Scotty Miller, I think for whatever reason, it's more opportunity based. I think we've seen enough from Scotty Miller to know he is capable. Um, but again, he's not a slot receiver either. Tyler Johnson would be more natural to fit into that role. Um, but again, he's been terrible. Like th- those young receivers really let let the Bucks down yesterday. That was their golden ticket, their opportunity. Um, you know, another guy like Jalen Darden has not looked good. He, oh my god! You yeah. know, someone had no. tweeted even even on the kick returns on the punt returns. Like he doesn't. I just don't see that burst. I mean, I see I I, I see the, a little bit of the burst and the and the speed, but he he looks like a high a junior varsity high school guy who's like scrimmaging against D one athletes like college players. Like it's like that drastic of a yeah. difference that his size is showing up. He just looks yeah, like a little looks- boy. It, it shows. It shows. He looks like he's wearing a Halloween costume and his shoulder pads. <laughs> like it's just, uh, shout out to everyone who's watching live right now on either Bucks Report, uh, Sports Talk Florida, um, Richard Mahoney, Donna Sinai, Nathan Autenton, all in the comments, Corey Hall. Um, We're going to try our best to kind of use your, your comments this evening to guide our conversation because it's a bit of a whirlwind in Bucks land. Um, yeah, so, go ahead, Scott. No, I'm just going to say, just to play devil's advocate on the, you know, of all the spots they can lose someone. I agree. Of all the spots, technically that, yeah, okay, they, ha- they have receivers. But, you know, Godwin might have been the best one. Or he had, look at how productive he had been this year. Absolutely insane numbers. He almost had 100 catches. I didn't realize that. He had 98 catches after that injury. Over 1,100 yards, I think, in five touchdowns. What are you going to get from Antonio Brown coming back, right? So that, like a lot of the offense, I feels like uh, I feel like is kind of resting in him, be stepping in and being really, really good after this weird pause and like time away from the team and all of that, right? So I'm not saying it's impossible, but I don't know. It's like as as much as the narrative has been all season. All right, if there's anything we can do, we can lose receivers. Man, you don't want to lose Chris Godwin. Like, you really don't. And I know last night was a perfect storm with Evans and Fournette and all of that, and, like, they just looked awful. But he's so good, man. He's he's, he's so good. And like you said, like, Colin, I think you mentioned on Twitter, great teammate, blocking downfield, does everything. And I think it's an absolutely huge loss. And – you know, in the NFL, no one player, basically, unless it's your starting quarterback, is, you know, like a death nail for your season. So, of course, it's not that. But this is really tough. And, you know, I think if a, if if team – if people had, you know, Graham, Green Bay and Tampa kind of in the, in the top in their own tier as of right now, slightly ahead of your Rams and your Cardinals, et cetera, I – you know, hard to make an argument against putting Green Bay a notch ahead as of right now. Yeah, I unfortunately agree in my yeah. Yeah, the one thing I would say just at the start at the head of that, uh, Scott, kind of agree with everything you said there. The one thing I'll give a B, and he's shown when he first joined Tampa and when he joined New England, he has that instant chemistry with uh, Tom Brady. So I'm not expecting any type of fall off or any type of warm up uh, from uh, a B. Like he's he's going to slide into that and. I have very high expectations for, for like the amount of output that you'll see from him. I don't know if you you can't replace Chris Godwin, but I think AB patches some of that hole. Yeah, I, I fair enough, fair enough, and he's gonna have to right. So, but yeah, the Brady Brown chemistry is like a, obviously real, a real thing. And um, man, is it ever gonna be in the spotlight now coming down the stretch here? Yeah, the important thing to not lose sight of is, like, Antonio Brown's health. Uh, Like, he obviously sustained a pretty significant leg injury, foot injury. So who knows where he'll be at, you know, just in terms of his actual physical health, let alone being able 
to potentially fill a different role. I mean, Godwin was so imperative playing that slot position as well. He's just an absolute zone killer. So, like, he's a guy who has incredible chemistry with Brady as well, just at a different position. Um, so, I mean, A.B. is certainly capable of playing in the slot, but he's generally got, had the majority of his success on the outside. Um, a guy who started practicing this week, who I've always loved, is Justin Watson. Um, he's a he's a receiver out of Penn years ago, um, and he's been primarily a special teamer. But there's been there's been times when he's been thrust into the starting lineup, and I found him to be really solid. So I'm not putting any uh, anything on his shoulders, but I am saying he's a guy. Rashad Perriman, um, obviously, is a guy who's had similar success as well in spot starts. But also, that's an out, outside receiver, right? So, in terms of filling Godwin's shoes in that slot position, which is such a crucial role in this offense, and um, ultimately like a checkdown for Brady, where you can kind of settle into a, into his zone, and it's not always a predetermined location where he's going to find that slot guy. Um, it's more knowing where to settle into the zone to make yourself open. takes takes some time to develop that chemistry, and and that was improving dramatically even in the second half of this season, like. Over his last three games, Godwin had like 35 catches or something stupid. Like he had that 15 reception or 15 reception game, like double digit reception games. And he was yeah. on pace to do that again last night. So, I mean, and then, you know, that's just we're, we're only talking Chris Godwin because obviously the nature of that injury is just so, so frustrating and with his contract status and all that stuff. But again, hope they re sign Godwin and I hope they don't even, he doesn't even really test the market. Um, but, Evans also went down with a hamstring. Levante David, no one's talking about that injury. It's a foot injury. Yeah. That's that sketches me out. Feet, you know, hamstring for Fournette and Evans. That sucks, but at least like you have an idea of what it could be. Of course, there's varying degrees. Uh, could foot be injury, angry, right? foot injury. Yeah. It's like what, you pulled a muscle in your foot. Like that's yeah. a little sketchy to me. Yeah, well, it's more likely a bone, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Not to be Joe Buck, maybe it was chilly. Like maybe it was just oh, a little God. cold there. Yeah, and that's why he was shaking his foot around, right? I yeah. think that's how that goes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, we're talking Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Levante David, and Leonard Fournette all exiting with injuries. The Buccaneers were already without Jamel Dean, and Winfield ended up being like a scratch, which was an injury I wasn't really aware of throughout the week. So I think that happened in practice. Just really, really unfortunate. Um, and then just so this this loss. All but um, yeah. concludes the Bucks can't can't finish first in the NFC, which was a hope. And and obviously the Packers, um, and I missed the end of that game. I turned it off when the Packers went up like twelve or whatever that score differential was. I was like, yeah, okay, they went up two off. touchdowns in the fourth. Yeah, yeah. So that's when I yeah. shut it off. And then uh, I had no idea of what came to be. But we don't have to talk about that yet because the fact is the Packers won and have an absolute stranglehold. It's really interesting what could happen in the NFC. Still, Dallas is actually catapulted up to the second seed based on their their um i believe it's based on their success within the division so bucks losing two to the saints bucks losing two to the saints alone hurts them there so they're behind the cowboys um yeah i think it's conference record i think it's conference record conference Um, yeah which would make sense because each division their winner is obviously in one of those top four spots but regardless yeah it's it's a total cluster at the top of, of both conferences. But, yeah, to get back to the game, I mean, obviously they didn't have much, but Brady, Brady didn't play well. Um, a couple turnover-worthy throws. The offensive line didn't play well. I thought he was, like, Brady was throwing under pressure or tr- just trying to get rid of the ball how many times. And the yeah. line had obviously played great all season. This must have been one of their worst games so far, right? And then, man, to – to, to not score is almost unfathomable, right? It doesn't make any like, sense, yeah. It's, it's so hard to do, and it's just that weird versus the Saints, and there's like, I don't know, are there bounties out there from the New Orleans uh, perspective? But obviously they got the job. It was just such a, like, strangely entertaining game for some kind of like dark reasons. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Nine, nothing is, is truly bizarre. Weird. Yeah. Very. Yeah. Scott. I don't know if a lot of people know that Scott is our score guy. He always, uh, he lets us know when a score hasn't happened before. And this is not that it hasn't happened before, but this was just a weird, rare game. 
Um, yeah. To hit on the offensive line, I think for me that was the most disappointing part of this loss. Um, they didn't have an injury to blame it on. Um, they just got beat. Cam Jordan was a menace all night, really, uh, just getting in the backfield. Um, and then their secondary, not, not to put it on the offensive line, just trying to give the Saints a little bit of props. Their secondary was like covering everyone so well all night. Like there was not a lot of windows for Brady to fit the ball into. And they were closing extremely fast when he did let it go. So um, tip your hat to them, I guess. But yeah, yeah. It, it they they were playing a very aggressive. They weren't playing like a seven and sixteen um, or a team that that uh, didn't really have long playoff aspirations. They were playing like we could be in the Super Bowl this year, at least on the defensive end. So, um, but yeah, going back to the offensive line, I I, I tweeted uh, at Colin uh, at the Bucks banner account. Just I can't believe that Tristan Wirfs is giving up another sack to to Cam Jordan, a sack fumble at that, right? So it it's it's just weird to see that unit struggle that much. Yeah, I found so I agree. That was the most disappointing for me as well. I mean, that the receivers obviously was an issue, but you got a bunch of backups. Like they were they were moving the ball still at least. They they didn't have success in the red zone. They didn't even get to the red zone, but they still were moving the ball to some extent. They were at least converting third downs when Godwin and Evans were in there. Um, but the so regardless, what I'm I'm getting at is I agree that the the offensive line play was just putrid, and Alex Kappa was just getting absolutely worked. Oh like God. a couple of those, it looked like uh, Werfs, but it was actually Kappa because it was like a stunt, and they were getting crossed up. So. But I mean, yeah. a lot of people are like, oh, that one's not on Worfs. That one's not on Worfs. I'm like, who fucking cares, man, at this point? Tom yeah. Brady is getting hit. Like, you know, it's a unit. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm past the whole, like, Worfs PFF grade, unstoppable. I get it. But, like, um, you know, Alex Kappa is a guy in a contract year as well. We talked about Godwin being in a contract year. He's in a contract year, and he's been pretty solid because we haven't been talking about him. He's kind of that that forgotten man within that, that front, that offensive line front. And, um, he got his lunch handed to him yesterday. Donovan Smith was getting worked, reminded us all of the old Donnie Smith that Bucks fans have, has been, he's been so much maligned in, in Buck Nation. Um, and yeah, even like Marpet and uh, Werfs had their moments as well where they, where they got taken advantage of. So all around a really horrible, horrible effort by that group. And I think, you know, I, everyone, they've been getting their due lately. They've been getting lots of notoriety through from unbiased, like national media members, um, and it came back to bite them. Maybe they were feeling themselves a little too much. Maybe they underestimated their opponent. They thought they could just walk out there and block the shit out of a stampede of elephants or something because that's what it looked like they were dealing with last night, and it was really just a couple aging pass rushers. But it was all of it too, right? Because then Brady doesn't have the usual guys to get the ball out too quickly and all that. So then maybe he's, you know, lacks some chemistry, takes an extra beat with the ball, and then – other games where that isn't a sack or that isn't a pressure, it becomes a sack. Now, I, I thought he hung onto the ball a few too many times and know the offensive line wasn't good. And like that, that was the, like Bo said, the biggest takeaway. Um, but just a perfect storm of shit for that entire offense, basically, right? Like it's as bad as it can get. For sure. And I, Bo, uh, Bo, I do, I do, sorry, Scotty, I just want to say, no, I no, do no. like, I do like what you said about um, the Saints DBs because I know Bucks fans hate to hear this name, but Marshawn Lattimore was oh my dog. god, he was a dog last night. Yeah, yeah. Um, so another like yeah, both him and Cam Jordan were just absolute menaces. When if it was five yards out, it was like holy, Lattimore is all over this, and he just comes out of nowhere. Gardner Johnson was all over everywhere. I think oh, he led the over. Saints in tackles as well. Go ahead. Gardner Johnson all over Twitter always the next day with these these memes of his antics i'm so sick of it um (laughs) but yeah like even marcus williams you know um like he their whole their whole secondary you were right they do deserve some credit Um, yeah but but those backup receivers had no chance with those with that unit playing like that because they really just couldn't create separation either so whether it's more blame on them more credit to the defense doesn't matter they couldn't you're right it was a perfect storm scott like everything o-line wasn't working brady wasn't getting it up out quick enough um the play calling didn't seem to in any way assist them um the injuries just all of it piling up was just an absolute nightmare uh, the last thing the last saints podcast we did i titled nightmare on bourbon street so it's just it's just such a familiar unfortunate thing 
And I, I tweeted before the game, like I expected the Bucks to win, whatever, but weird shit happens when the Bucks play the Saints. Yeah. And, and that's about as, as weird as it can get. And then, but the crazy part is the Saints, it's not like the Saints put them away. It's like if, if yeah. Tampa could have found 10 points, you know what I mean? It's not like it was even a 17 to nothing win, which would have, like, you know, kind of constituted a beatdown. Or, or whatever, right? But this is like, oh my God, just figure it out and you're going to somehow win this game. But whatever, man. Like, you you lose weird games in the NFL every year. Buffalo lost to Jacksonville. Like, the Cardinals literally lost at Detroit this week. Um, you know what I mean? The Rams have some weird ones. The Packers lost 38-3 to to this Saints team, right? I mean, different because Jameis was playing. But you know what I mean? Like, it's... Not to just like throw your hands up in the air and like oh like it doesn't matter, but really we see this all the time. It's been a crazy year in the NFL. Like yeah. yesterday also was a was a wild oh fantasy absolutely insane. Yeah, it didn't make any sense. Yeah, and like the the implication like like so that also so I had I was like ninety percent to win my matchup in my fantasy league, and I, we're not going to be talking fantasy. I'm just discussing another angle, and so all I needed was like one of. One, naturally, I'm heavily invested in the Bucks. I needed one of Tom Brady, Chris Godwin, or Gronkowski to have like an okay day. One of the three. The others could have done zeros. Of course, they all lay an egg. I mean, Gronk had 11 targets and only two catches. Gronk didn't look himself either. And maybe he depends more on those other receivers creating separation as well. I mean, yeah. I don't know how, how micro we want to get with it. Maybe it was just an off day. He didn't quite look off day. Yeah. He didn't look into it. Like his little, like no. he was doing his little in out cut. And I was like, really, bro? Like, is that? Yeah. I feel like you you can, they're like, oh, well, that's Gronk. He can just get open and he can. And we've said that just in unorthodox ways, but it just didn't look like he was fully into it. That one pass down the sideline in his hands, that was just an unfortunate situation. He wasn't able to track the ball. That was yeah. a dime by Brady. Think hadn't thought about that for a while. Feels like that was last season. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, yeah, that's tough. And I, and, and just to go on what you're saying, honestly, with the way all of Sunday went and just how screwy the week in general had been with the schedule and the Saturday game being postponed and then various other games, it's like, you almost knew something weird was going to happen in this Sunday nighter, right? Like, I, I'm a bit of a, like, from a subjective, like, weird kind of, I don't know, vibe standpoint. I'm kind of a believer in when the day is progressively weirder that we're going to see an, oh, an even weirder game on Sunday or Monday night. I know they're all separate and, te- and obviously not related, but it seems like there's something to that. I feel like that with a college football Saturday as well, when there's crazy upsets going on and then you get this highly ranked team in prime time. I always find like, I don't know, just weird stuff goes on and it's like, it's a, it's a, Oh, bad word right now, but like a virus that gets that gets spread throughout the sport, and it's and it's wild. And then we get a nine nothing game where the Bucks don't score. Like that's what was on Sunday night. After all this, and like they can lock up the division, they can take a stranglehold on the NFC. All this stuff, and it's just like Brady could also further his grat, like put it like one hand on the MVP trophy, right? And just none of it, none of that happened. It was. Uh, I just googled what was the moon last night, and it says we are currently in the the full moon phase. So I don't know if we had oh. a full moon, but it feels like something something weird. Of course, the voodoo saints pull some shit. Like but that. to be fair, you've always been a big lunar guy, so I'm a little bit. I'm I'm almost shocked that you hadn't looked that up earlier. Yeah, I had to take my my pictures down from behind me of all the astronomical signs and such. Yeah, yeah. To set exactly. up this studio here. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's not true, folks. I don't even know what I am. I think I'm a Leo, if that's even related. Oh. Uh, Nathan Audison. What a classic on... Virgo thing to say. <laughs> Maybe I'm Virgo. <laughs> Nathan Audison says, what's Lenny's status? Uh, so so we updated you on the Godwin injury because that's the update we received, the unfortunate news there. In terms of Mike Evans, Levante, David, and Fournette, um, they're all going to undergo further testing and imaging. So that information hasn't been released. Bruce didn't mention that at his press conference. Um, but speaking of the running back position, the only other thing I want to mention as it relates to this game, and then we can move on, is uh, I found it peculiar that Rojo, like Rojo rushed for 48 yards in the third quarter alone, and he looked sharp. And then they went to Keyshawn Vaughn and never went back to Rojo. I found that really peculiar. 
Yeah, um, you know who else found that peculiar? Tom Brady. Like, when he was throwing that ball to Keyshawn Vaughn, he was just like, as it left his hand, he's like, he's not catching this. Like, what's going Like, this guy is so bad. Yeah, yeah. His Brady's body language last night, he, you could just see the frustration. You guys obviously oh my God, saw, yeah. saw him uh, getting into it with um, Allen, the coach of uh, the stand-in interim head coach for the Saints yeah. on the sideline. As great as Brady is, he's a little, like, eh, if it's not going his way. You know what I mean? Like, he can I, be anyway. Yeah, I think most competitors are. Like, I feel yeah. like Jordan do some weird shit. Like, that's whatever. But, yeah, you're not wrong. Corey Hall yeah, says, just... Corey Hall says, because Rojo wanted out. Interesting. I wasn't aware of that. If that's like a legit report, Corey, um, if you got more info on that, it says he wanted out on third and one. I'll tell you where Rojo does want out, and that's out of bounds because it happened again last night on his first carry. <laughs> Scampers out of bounds. God, I hate that. I know Bucks fans hate that. Twitter lights up. It's just ridiculous, Rojo, man. Like, I don't have, you know, he's going to be a free agent. He is not going to be a Buccaneer after this season, folks. So, no chance. If- if you're Team Rojo, say your bid your farewells now. That being said, I'm like ready to throw on my Rojo jersey if Lenny's out next week and watch him rumble for like 114 yards and um, be super dynamic looking. But a little too finesse, Rojo, I think, especially when you get to see Leonard Fournette rumbling along. It really makes you realize the physicality of the position and how it can differ depending on the style of back. Um, you know, it's almost hard to believe they play the same position. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. When you see the two, like, and how stark a difference is when one is in versus the other, right? Like, Fournette totally. seems like he needs to get hit, kind of like Andrew Luck back in the day, like, just to get in the game kind of thing. Yeah. Rojo has zero interest in that. Yeah. Zero. It's not even, I'm not even necessarily criticizing it as much as just like, yeah, that's, that's, that's what's going to happen with him. Yeah. yeah. He just wants to be faster than everyone out there. And if he, if he decide if he's like, I'm not going to get there before that guy, I'm not even going to try. You know, oh, sorry. he hits the hole so hard. It's frustrating. Like he really is a lightning yeah. bolt in there. It's just a complete mirage though. When you, when you judge the whole body of work, you, you know, how? sorry. You said that Bo just about, I'm just going to like quick, quick tangent here. Um, I've watched the last three full Steeler games for, you know, punishment, I suppose. Um, Najee Harris really looks like I'm not, He's he's like tough and he tries and he and he's trying to get the extra yards and all that, but he really looks shocked that he's not just faster than everyone and that he's not running through six yard holes every time like he did at Alabama. You know what I mean? Now I yeah. I know we we've killed the Pittsburgh offensive line and and the whole thing and this isn't a taking a running back in the first round thing. I promise this has nothing to do with it. But you can tell he's like oh oh and then and there's another guy there or. Oh my! Like this screen pass just gets immediately blown up because of how athletic everyone is on the on the, on the defense, right? Like it's when you see these superior athletes in college and you think it's just automatically going to translate. It's just not how it works out all the time, right? It's 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 interesting to see, and I've really noticed that. Like you can almost see it in his body language, and, and Rojo was pretty similar. Like Najee, definitely a more physical runner, but Rojo was just. Anytime I turned on a USC game, he seemed like he was running in a complete open yeah. green field. You know what I mean? So I don't know. It's just it's just funny to compare the two. Especially that position, evaluating that position. Like, you know, when you look back and watch college tape at some of these running backs and you're just like, how can you even get a fair evaluation on them? Because like yeah. you're saying with Rojo, you just see green. Like, Yeah. Okay, he's fast. Yeah, you, yeah. you know he's fast. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. A little bit different. Yeah, so in terms of, you know, we've talked about the injuries, hard not to. Um, you know, the Buccaneers and Bruce Arians, I think everyone who was has a head on their shoulders was could see the tea leaves, read the tea leaves that um, Antonio Brown um, and Mike Edwards were going to be welcome back after this suspension. If they were going to be cut, that was going to happen already. Um, so yeah. the timeliness works out with the Godwin incident. Uh, Arians addressed it today, and he got a little feisty when he was asked. And he just said uh, he doesn't give a shit what anyone thinks. You know, it's about what's best for this team. And, um, you know, he, he also alluded to, like, people were bringing up the fact that when he when Antonio Brown was first signed to the Buccaneers, um, Bruce Arians said, you know, if he slips up, up once, he's gone. So a lot of people were bringing that up. And Bruce, I like how he answered it. He was like, yeah, you know, that was, that was well over a year ago. A lot's happened since then. 
um, including yeah. a Super Bowl, and he's earned my respect since then. That's not just like some eternal timestamp. Like, you know, he's done right. enough. And, right. and my my opinion on it all is this, because um, there's not much to say about it. But I think with this Buccaneers team, you have so many level-headed veterans who are leaders and well-respected guys on the team. You got Sue, you got JPP, you got Mike Evans, you got Tom Brady, like Leonard Fournette, Godwin, just all these guys. Levante um, David. Thank you. Levante David, maybe the most important one of all of them, at least if I was weighing opinions. And I am sure that Bruce Arians double-checked with each of those guys, all the ultimate, like the captains of the team, um, before making any decision. And if all those guys are signing off on AB, sticking around, then that means he hasn't been enough of a distraction, and I am fine with it. So yeah. um, that's just where I stand on that, and I'm excited to have him back on the field hopefully healthy so we so we can see how he slides in and, and how this Bucks offense is going to adjust. Cushy keep, schedule. Keep, keep selling your soul, boom. Keep selling it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I agree. If, if, no, they, no if they're cool with it, if they're cool with it, then what are you supposed to do, right? So, I, And I think, like, with that, you know, they're at least both vaccinated now, and I think, um, I think there's probably a lot of that that has gone on in the league. Uh, the fake yeah. vax cards if it's not yeah. like ab and mike edwards are the only ones i bet you that's happened quite a bit he was just dumb enough to put himself in a position where he could be uh fail at bribing his chef or whatever he needed to do and and be lured into that information going public because he was so stubborn or naive i don't know quick a hey, quick thing did you guys see what penny hardaway said about memphis basketball and the vaccines by any chance sorry uh, 30 seconds that's all i, need, I missed honestly. it Start of the year, he said about 90% of his team was vaccinated. They're supposed to play a neutral site big game against Tennessee this Saturday. Uh, an hour before the game, it gets canceled because um, it turns out that between everyone who's actually able to play on the Memphis team, only four people are vaccinated. Okay. He had told reporters that it was about 90% at the start of the season. When they asked him on Sunday, when they asked him on Sunday about it, he said, oh, you know, everyone was just talking about doing it. I just assumed they did it and, uh, you know, didn't really follow up. What? <laughs> Pardon? Are, like, come no. on, man. That, Not that's, your head coach now, Penny. That's what? At best, like, completely – not in control of your program and at worst just a just like a lie right like is that well that's yeah. where we're at there oh man anyway just so they're they're not gonna be able to play for weeks because if these guys aren't vaccinated they gotta get rid anyway sorry just on that vaccine train i saw that like a, a couple hours ago i listened to something about penny and like oh man don't say 90 percent unless you know it's 90 percent. but anyway yeah i was trying to watch that game too I, and i was like why is it not on? Like it just <laughs> was. I didn't look into it any further. But. Dude, it was the lead ESPN game at noon to start off like this amazing day of college basketball. Yeah. And it was like, oh yeah, no, Tennessee scrimmaged at the arena because their fans were there. <laughs> yeah, that's oh, crazy. It's bad. It's really bad. So I mean, this is your last chance. If you have any uh, anything you want me to pour my emotions out anymore. Otherwise I think I'm pretty well checked out in terms of talking about this game and in terms of what's to come for the bucks. All I'll say though, sorry, go ahead, Scotty. No, I'm just going to say, well, you know, you know, if you wanted, obviously injury is super worrisome, but if you just, the performance, if you can separate it and just say, Hey, that's super weird, then be okay with it and know that you're playing Carolina next week who are just just after that. Yeah. So it's like, you know, the cure for what ails you is coming here. You just got to go out and play better. And um, yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's a, you know, that this light end of the season, like at this point, I don't care anymore about the seating. I'm just going to let that take care of itself. I want this to just kind of kickstart this team. Um, And, you know, similar to what happened last year, right? They turned a switch on and shit went batshit crazy. And the team just was clicking. And the one positive to take away is, and I know they're playing Taysom Hill in a very inept offense, but the defense looked much better last night, at least. A lot of those players looked a lot better. Yeah. Um, so if that unit could get healthy, and, I mean, the, like the injuries have just been so ridiculous for this team that they've dealt with. It's actually, like, I'm not even surprised. It's just yeah. out of control. Uh, yeah. But if they can use the, these last three games as kind of a tune-up to get there, you know, for Stella to get her groove back, then uh, – 
Hopefully the the tea leaves will fall as they may, and the Bucks end up with a with a fine look, some fine looking matchups. I mean, there's I still think they're potent, they're absolutely Super Bowl contenders. Still, this is no in no way no. mean hundred percent. Like at, they could absolutely win it this year, probably more likely yeah. than it would have been going in the last year. In fact, no, undoubtedly, it's not even close to compare yeah, the two. For sure. So still in a much better position than they were a year ago, and they went and won the Super Bowl a year ago. So let's see how it goes. Hopefully. You know, just that intangible team mentality side of things that you can't necessarily measure is something that's going to kick it up a notch and uh, the execution will follow. I don't know if you guys saw the like Sunday night football to show the records and who everyone who predicted like who was going to win the game. Um, anyways, Drew Brees was the only one who took the Saints, but his record was nine and six. And I thought that was his score prediction. So I thought he predicted a 9-6 win. I was like, oh, well, who is this guy? This is like some Illuminati, New Orleans, like what's going on there? I was like, okay. Picking the win was still pretty cool, but I was like, oh, my goodness. If you landed on nine points and got the right and had the winner. But anyways. Was Breeze was 10-5, and five, though. Breeze was 10-5, and five, Scotty. Oh, okay. All right. Him and, yeah. him and But still, that's hilarious. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> that makes yeah. sense. You see the numbers and like. Yeah. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. So sorry, I'm Yeah, I need a chub sorry. touchdown. I need a chub touchdown, by the way. It's kind of nice to have actual Monday night football on while we're doing the podcast. Um, I mean you, you simply hate to see the COVID stuff, but a five o'clock football game between like teams that are battling is kind of cool. And yeah, uh looks pretty sweet in Cleveland right now, actually. Donovan People Jones, People's Jones, Michigan, big catch. And and bef- before we completely move on, I do want to get to a couple comments. Corey Hall is bringing that, bringing the fire. He's been a great, yes. great listener for us over the last few weeks. Corey, shout out to you, my dude. I, li- I like, I like the heat you're bringing in here. Um, he's talking about. Uh, oh, here we go. Um, we're gonna lose all of Godwin's blocking. Miller just a nine route and Darden a rookie man. So, yeah, I mean Godwin's blocking is the other thing that's in- so incredibly unique. So I know we talked about how important he is, but. His blocking is essential. It actually affects the running game big time when you watch a lot of these clips. So we'll have to make up for that elsewhere. Um, and Corey Hall was also talking about Alex Kappa. Says Kappa is ass and Stinney is better. I like Aaron Stinney. He's a very serviceable uh, guard backup. Uh, but he's hurt. Last I checked, Stinney was pretty banged up anyway. So I don't think they're going to pull Kappa. Kappa's had a good year. He's actually had a really great career over in Tampa so far overachieving expectations and he's going to get paid this off season. So let's just hope it's a wake up call for that O line as much as anyone else. And uh, we'll see what's to come. We talked about it being a crazy day yesterday in the NFL, anything you guys want to hit on first uh, or discuss, I'm going to kind of open it up to you. I'm, you know, I've just been, I've been exhausted guys dealing with this last uh, 24 hours of football and what's, what's transpired in real life in my betting account in my fantasy matchup. So (laughs) I'd love to just take well, a back seat, watch some football, and let you guys t- tell me what you want to talk about. Yeah, I'll, I'll, it was nice at 1 o'clock to actually get to the games after, you know, four or five days of who's going to play, when are they going to play, is there, are there going to be replacement players, you know what I mean? Like, you know, Saturday we got a pretty entertaining game with uh, uh, the Patriots at the Colts, right? Like it turned it out, turned out to be pretty close. So that was good. But seriously, up until 1 o'clock, I was kind of like, all right, let's see who actually plays and let's see what happens. And then, uh, yeah, some weird ones. You know, the Jets went up big on Miami. Miami pulled out a, pulled out another win. That was nice. Obviously, you see the Cardinals get dismantled at Detroit. It must, like, just such a classic, you know, the Rams kind of beat them twice sort of thing with the late Monday night and then going across the country, all that, right? And then the Bills, I thought, looked only okay against – just a terrible yeah. Panthers team. I um, heard the score. I heard the score was even not reflective of how close. No, it, oh, wasn't. no, it wasn't. It was, they won by 17 and actually covered every number, but they scored on a fourth and two at the, with two minutes left um, to, uh, to go up 17. So, um, I mean, I, they weren't ever in trouble, I would say, because Carolina is so inept. Like they scored um, two touchdowns, because of two short fields, but um, yeah, man, just a, just a strange, strange day. And this is what happens near the end of the season, right? Just, just some random, random things start to happen. Injuries are creeping up. And obviously with all the, 
all the stuff going around with COVID. I mean, I guess we should have known chaos was going to happen. Um, and you, you mentioned the, yeah. the Dolphins. They're seven and yeah. seven now. They started the year, I think, one and seven or one and yeah. seven. They yeah, they're just the, reeling them off. They beat New England. They <laughs> sorry, Chubster, baby. I'm a play behind. I think I can. I think I know what's yeah, about to happen here. No, it's oh, a flag. No. It's a, <laughs> oh no. I'm heavily invested on a Chubb touchdown tonight. Sorry. Oh, okay. Come on, come on. Oh, Point. Fuck. Is he coming back? All right. Yeah, he's not. Hey, he's I'll, not celebrating. I'll keep talking. I'll keep talking. Um. Well, I, I'll okay. jump in. The thing that yeah. I was like most, I had the most fun with, like this weekend of football was on Thursday, and like we always we do these podcasts on Mondays, and Thursday was like to me the best game of the week. Even though it ended in the overtime and we we talked, we like we are in agreement, but we do. I think it's a bigger deal to you guys how bad the overtime is in the NFL. But I had a great time watching that game. I know you and me were in me and Bo were in a little fight because all I was whining about was the overtime because I wanted to see Herbert in that offense once more. And Bo was like, dude, it was still a great game. Like, it's an awesome game. It's not like this is a new overtime rule. And I I just hated it because I like, I'm cheering for the Chargers there big time. That's my AFC squad. I've proclaimed Dude, if if the Chargers win that game, they have the same record as the Chiefs and they swept the Chiefs. So obviously they have the tiebreaker in that division. And then they're tied with New England for. I mean, New England lost two days later, but they would be tied for the number one seed. Yeah. Just like that. But they just got Mahomes like big time, right? They just like you just big board him down the field, tied up at the end of end, end of regulation, get the ball. In Mahomes and, and Kelsey. They got Kelsey yeah, more than anything Kelsey. to me. Yeah. yeah like Kelsey. Kelsey had that vintage, like the guy who we thought he was going to be at the start of the season came out. Uh, which is terrifying if you're a Bucks fan, because I think that's your number one team. You're like I don't know how we stop that that team when they get rolling. Team. Who's that you're talking yeah. about? You're talking about Levante David's son, Kelsey. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Travis Kelsey. Yeah. Of course, yeah, yeah. of course, Kelsey does that. The week I the week I I give up on betting his over receiving props because I'm like, yeah. okay, he's not having that bounce back game. I got I got to pull the plug on this. Sure enough. But yeah, mm. yeah. Obviously, Bo, you're right. That was an awesome game. Great. Great primetime game, standalone. That was awesome. Um, KC looks juggernaut-ish, I would say. Like they're kind of, yeah. The engines are warming up. That's for sure. Uh, yeah, they're they not. Look, they're not they operating on all cylinders. They're not operating no. on all cylinders, and that's the scariest part because they're still yeah. churning out these wins and at the yeah. top of the AFC now, and they can claim they've like overcome this turmoil and adversity, right? So they've. They've got all those checked off, and it feels like they're not even that offense. At least isn't even rolling, aside from like Kelsey's big day. Like, so. Oh my god, is he gonna kick a field goal here? They're kind of the team with the most like. They almost have that Super Bowl narrative already planned out, right? Like, yeah. if of all the teams, if you're just like, who's gonna win this just based on narrative? Like, I guess the Packers are there. They can say our quarterback went through this whole thing in the off season. Then he gets into the season. He's in fire. He pretends he got vaccinated, <laughs> doesn't play for a game, comes back, doesn't miss a beat. Um, but yeah, like I think it's the Packers, it's the Chiefs. I think New England has something to prove. And like to me, if I was an AFC team, they're the, they're actually the scariest one because they can just shut down a part of your a part of the game for you, uh, just playing the clock and 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 the defense that they play as well too. So um, it's it's tough to see. It's tough to see how the AFC is going to shake out with the way that it is. And of, after all of that, I think I said this to you, Colin, and privately, I actually think the Ravens, if they were completely healthy, that's probably the best team in the league, if not, if definitely the best team in the AFC. I'm just mad at the Ravens right now. I can't believe they they're got so that unhealthy. Team. They're so unhealthy. That's yeah. the thing is like they don't have like three stars on both sides of the ball every game. And they won't have them. Yeah. Like, yeah. Ravens are, are, I mean, but they could also be, like, their record could be, we've said it, they could be so bad. They've, like, yeah. these other games. They could, they yeah, they lost. could easily be, like, a top 10 draft pick team right now. But, yeah, like, teams who are super injured, it's awfully difficult in this league to recover from that. you got to get lucky to some extent. And it's just, uh, like, you just lose, like, it's a year of Lamar that's just gone, right? Like, it's, it's basically you could have 
won the Super Bowl with this guy this year if you had some better injury luck and you just you just don't have it. And next year is next year. You have no idea what it's going to be. Now, in terms like the AFC is wild in terms of the Patriots, both, like we've talked both about them it. are wild, man. They're yeah. both kind of kind of going crazy right now. But yeah, the whole yeah. league, the whole league. Yeah. But what I'm going to like, I just I'm not a believer in the Patriots like you, despite the record. I know a lot of like really smart people are yourself included. I just think I just I don't know. And, and I felt that way before that Colts game. Um, I just think offensively, there's just too much to be desired there. And you can't really game manage a rookie quarterback. Like, yes, the defense is is really good, but there are other good defenses in the NFL. And when you line up against a stud off, I just think offense wins in the end generally and i think if they don't have more like the, their ground and pound game is good yeah but i'm just not sold enough on the offense they got the coaching they got the d i'm just not a believer think, that the Pats are on that level yeah and, and like i think they need to play their games at home where i think it would really help if they if they play playoff games at home hey they, they've been awesome like yeah. for the record like relative to expectations they don't have that many weapons on offense, really. They have a rookie quarterback, all this. They've had a great season and, you know, could easily win a game or two in the playoffs here. I'm not ruling that out. But I don't think – I don't know. Are they better than any of those top four or five NFC teams? I would say no. Are they better than the Chiefs or the Chargers? Eh, I mean, they beat the Chargers, right? So Yeah, you know, I, think, I think they're better. I think they're – just because of how – and the Chargers have looked better on. Uh, I'll give them their props. The Chargers have looked better stopping the run the last the past two weeks. Um, yeah. But I think the Pats, the way that they play football, is just not conducive to the, the Chargers getting going. Um, so I could see just absolutely frustrating a guy like Herbert down the, the first, stretch of games. The first quarter will determine what happens in those playoff games that the Patriots are involved in, right? Like, yeah. Do they get? Yeah, up to a, they they can't a, start the way they did with against the Colts this week. Exactly, and like they yeah. did make a valiant comeback and all that, but like you never really thought they were going to win the game, right? No. Um, but if they're up ten nothing and there's twelve minutes left, even in the second quarter or something like that, you start to feel like, all right, we got like we got to get going now, and they're not exactly a team to do that against, right? So yeah, yeah th- there's so many teams where the start to the games will really dictate what they can do and, um, you know, how they can thrive in the playoffs, right? It, it, I just can't wait to – like, I can't wait to watch, man. I can't wait to watch. The, right now the wild card teams in the AFC are the Colts, the Chargers, and the Bills. They're good. Like, they're yeah. all good teams. I don't think the Bills are scary, but I don't think they're bad, right? I think the Colts are playing as well as anyone in the league right now. Colts and and Colts in the AFC and Niners in the NFC are kind of mirroring each other. I feel like. Yeah, Colts are a scary team. I don't think you want to face off with them in the playoffs right now with the best running back in the game, super talented defense, and you know Carson Wentz. I know we have this is like the anti Wentz podcast. You got to give him some credit, man. He hasn't turned the ball yeah. over. He's playing smart. He's played football. great. He wasn't yeah, he's good. Played, on, he's played on well. Saturday. He's had a great season. Like credit yeah. where it's due, hundred percent. Yeah, tough Frank pill to Reich. swallow for me. I I I can't. I still don't like watching Carson once play. Even in no, I like watching him play. Yeah, we're all on that island together, though, Bo. We're we're collectively gonna eat that criticism or, or give it yeah. to ourselves, right? And I mean, you know, my boy Jonathan Taylor, Bo. I thought he was gonna lead the yeah, league in rushing as a rookie, but uh, finally Frank Reich is like giving him the reins. So like, I thought like I don't. I say finally, he's in his second year, but last year I I, I just thought he was that guy right away. Yeah. Um, yeah. And awesome. just, I love watching him play. He's insane. I, I, it's a very, like, a very, a lot like Chubb, really. Like the way he just kind of closes games. You know what I mean? For sure. Yeah. But Chubb, Chubb just more looks like like a backyard. Like I'm a thick dude. Like he's gonna be a thick uncle at the barbecue one day. Like, <laughs> um, whereas Jonathan Taylor looks like, you know, the dude who's who's delivering the meat to the barbecue because he he didn't he had to retire from football but wanted to keep lugging around meat and heavy yeah. things like. He's just a specimen, man. He's I love everything about that guy. How about uh, what was I gonna say? The uh, how about the how about Dan Campbell and the Detroit Lions knocking off the Arizona Cardinals, who look yeah. who didn't have not looked good um, two yeah. weeks in a row. Uh, they you know we we discussed 
that we weren't I, I recall mentioning on this very podcast that I was not really sold on the cards and I wasn't near as scared of them as I was the Rams or the Packers even when the cards were sitting at the top of the NFC um, and they're starting to really kind of maybe show their true colors a bit I mean it just seems I, I know Bo you've been critical of K- Kingsbury a fair bit and everyone was all on him this year but uh, maybe everyone needs to slow down on the Cardinals love because they certainly have shown some vulnerability and Dan Campbell and a hungry Lions team who's playing physical and playing hard took advantage of it. Yeah, the thing about the Cardinals is that uh, if you were watching them for the past few weeks, their defense was actually ahead of where their offense was. And their defense was really good, and they they kind of came back to earth against the Lions of all teams. Um, field position was a part of that with all the turnovers that Kyler put uh put out there and the fumbles and everything that went on in that game. But uh, yeah, this, uh, this lions team, I guess it's kind of fun for if you were on the right side of betting that one, that would have been a really fun Sunday. Cause you just didn't really have to worry about that game. Never in doubt, man. Never in yeah. doubt. Do you guys think anyone had a lion saints money line parlay? Someone had probably, to. Some, probably some sickos out there. Yeah. So you had it, Scott? No, I definitely did not. I def- I, I'm actually, I kind of wrote off that game um, from a betting perspective. I just didn't didn't really want to. I, I really think in hindsight, I could have gotten there on the Lions. It's just such a terrible spot for Arizona. But then it's like, and because Detroit, so many guys didn't play against Denver the week before. It was almost like they're probably pretty fresh going into this game. You know what I mean? Because yeah. like that that game against the Broncos was a write off. Um, but anyways, yeah, no, didn't think about betting it. Didn't have anyone. Uh, but yeah, what a win! Great for them. Um, if I could, 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 did you guys watch much of Bron- Broncos Bengals? I I, I no. watched I watched uh, a good chunk of that game. Yeah, man. When you're a coach and you're and you're coaching scared, I feel like it just permeates through the whole team. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. You know what I mean? Like the, end of the first half. Isn't that old school coaching philosophy to coach scared? Like, isn't that just what traditionalists do? Isn't that the whole debate yeah. of analytics, like versus like Brandon Staley versus Vic Fangio, or like whatever the scenario is? You know, it's like if you don't trust, like, and obviously prayers up to, to Teddy. He got absolutely dismantled. I think he, I think it turned out that he just had a concussion. So that's you know that's yeah. good because he looked he was out in the air, right? But it's three three. The Broncos get the ball with like two and a half minutes left in the first half. And all they're trying to do is kick a field goal, right? Like literally all they're trying to do. They miss a 52 yarder because even good kickers miss nine seconds left. Burrow hits Boyd up the middle of the field. And then the Cincinnati kicker bangs in one from 58 yards. And like in a low scoring game, that six point swing is such a huge deal. Right. And, Because they weren't even trying to score. They didn't take any shots to the end zone. And then the, if if your plan is to settle for a 52-yard kick, I don't care how good your kicker is. That's just not smart. It's just not good football, right? And that's exactly what happened. And um, anyway, they deserve to lose the game. Burrow did just enough. Chase did almost nothing. Tyler Boyd had a good game, at least in spots. But the Broncos, I think they get to 8-6 and six if they win that game. And now yeah. right in that middle with everyone in the AFC, it's just, oh, man, it was such a painful watch. And, yes, I had the Broncos, in case anyone couldn't tell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well done. Uh, yeah. Not the bet, not yeah, the bet, well. but the way that you slid that in there at the end. That was oh, God. I, yeah. That, anyway, anyway, let's talk about something else. All right, let's talk about something else as it relates to Scott Capron because – um, you have been the one of the most outspoken people, I would argue, on the planet when it comes to Urban Meyer. Um, before, when he was hired during our AFC South preview podcast, you designated a segment just to forecast your grim outlook for Urban Meyer as an NFL coach. I was kind of like, whoa, 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 slow the brakes. What are you, a Michigan fan? Like, give the guy a chance. He's got. I think I even game. said he's going to burn hot at the start. And yeah, he's gonna just—he's gonna be out quick, but he's gonna be—he's gonna be somewhat successful at the front end. You did endorse it much more than me. I was kind of playing the like whatever, but I wasn't like I wasn't yeah. like pushing back. I was just trying to provide some discourse. Anyway, Scott, a lot has happened since then. We've talked about it leading up to it. We've had a couple—I uh, want to call them viral sound clips, but they haven't gone mm-hmm. viral yet. But they should. 
uh, because you've been passionate against Urban Meyer. And I just want you to kind of update our listeners on your thoughts as it relates to the to the Jacksonville Jaguars and Urban Meyer. I mean, I, I just, you know, you really can't emphasize it enough when someone is just an out-and-out asshole and, you know, it's just hard to work with, right? He There was, uh, you know, his offense, a lot of it was predicated on, um, yeah, uh, you know, having better better guys than the other team, right? And he was a coach at Florida and Ohio State, for Christ's sake. Like, guess what? That's going to happen more often than not. Um, he's a complete narcissist, um, holding like lording over players as if he's like the czar of this team and all this. And like, that's never that was never going to work in the NFL. And I, but honestly, my main thing was. He's he was notorious for like not being able to eat after losing. There is no way he was just going to be okay with like a two and four start or anything. Like that would have been the end of the world. Like that would have been the end of the world. Imagine being two and 10. You know what I mean? Like, I don't understand what he thought was going to happen. He said to someone, you know, every week is like, going up against an sec team like referring to how tough the nfl was yeah man like did you really (laughs) think you were just gonna bull people over like like the lack of awareness and just the arrogance on top of just the uh, like the fact that he's a deplorable human being like that was more of the concern for him actually being a successful coach like I, i honestly that's what i think and it just he proved all of his haters and doubters completely right. It wasn't hard to see. He didn't last a season, guys. He didn't last a season. Bobby Petrino at least left on his own in the middle of the night like a real stand-up guy. You know what I mean? He got let go because he kicked the kicker. Yeah. He Fired with cause. Who, who He's not even going to get paid. Kicking Who the kicker. I saw, did you see the tweet about it being like a Seinfeld episode? They were comparing oh, it to my, some <laughs> I know, it was so good. We're a few, obviously, a few days behind, but every meme that came out, like Urban Meyer to his kicker, and it shows the video of Antonio Brown, you know, like super kicking the punter from the Steelers. Remember that one was unbelievable. Or you know, Shawn Michaels like HBK just giving sweet chin music to someone in the back. Like I'm not lying, I was on Twitter for an hour watching Urban Meyer. Like I couldn't have, but anything revolving involving a kick that's ever happened. And they threw like Urban Meyer's Urban Meyer's name or face on it. I was here for it, man. It was awesome. The the funniest part of it all is that it happened on Scott's birthday, right? Yeah, yeah. And I told my <laughs> wife, and she knew. She was like, "This is kind of like awesome for you, isn't it?" Um, yeah, it was pretty funny. But That's um, awesome. I sent yeah. you an email to your work email just to see what your out of office notification was, and I thought it would be like, "Oh, it's my birthday," but it was like Scott's away scrolling Twitter today. Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, big, big birthday guy. Got the balloons. I actually have every combination of balloon number ready just in case. So, you know, that makes that was I was ready to go there. But um I you know, like whatever, victory lap on Meyer. He's he's the worst. Um, of course this happened. And um just just a bad dude and a bad coach, like a bad actual football coach. You're not just recruiting against uh against little brothers anymore so sorry yep you called it you deserve the flowers on that one buddy you uh and Bo, yeah, i know you were you were you were right there alongside cap just maybe not as outspoken about it but um, to be and then to be fair i've watched almost all of houston jacksonville because i might have had that game as well they're bad and lawrence looks awful uh yeah. i know we got it we have uh limited time here but oh my goodness is that a tough scene like so he was coaching a, a train wreck, but he should have realized that it was a train wreck and kind of been okay with it and just and just ob- just enjoyed the job security that comes along with having the number one pick. Yeah, and, uh, like, that would be something you could do. I don't know. Just still, still play your one good player, James Robinson, and not bench Actually, him. That would at least they did that this weekend. But uh, unlike Scott, I was not willing to subject myself to a Jacksonville Jaguars game. Uh, I'm such but an I ended idiot, up, man. I ended up you know, being subjected to torture anyway with the Sunday night football, nine, nothing loss to the for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the hands of division rival, New Orleans saints. The one thing to leave you with, if you weren't already aware, two time Super Bowl champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, both years, 2002 and 2020, when they won those Super Bowls, 
they had been swept by the Saints in the regular season. So who knows? Yeah. Maybe it's a positive omen to come. Hey, we like it. We like those little tidbits, man. Let's yeah, see there we go. All right. Well, Bo, so great to have you back. Shout out to uh, Dion Bearyard in the building, or as you yeah. said to us when you announced it, our newest subscriber. Uh, so be like Dion and uh, check us out on YouTube at Bucks Banter. Please subscribe. Helps us out. Uh, you can see at Captain Ron, at Bono's Ball, and at Bucks Banter on Twitter. We are going to go. It looks like the uh, – did he miss that kick? No, they got well, a time. I think they got a timeout in. Oh, they iced him. Looks like it. But looks, he made it. He made yeah, it. it looked, but it looked. It I looked don't know like if, Raiders, got, if it's going to count. Raiders are going to win this game. Um, anyway, we got more football doubleheader on Monday, so that's one positive of this Monday. Thanks for tuning in, folks. We appreciate it as always, and we'll catch you next week to talk some Buccaneers and NFL football. Until then. <laughs>